this week's podcast from Crossroads. We are glad you took the time to listen. As you tune in today, if you need encouragement or prayer, please reach out to us by texting 864-288-1626. Or you can find out more information at our website, hope at crossroads.org. Spread the word to your friends. Let them know they can subscribe at Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Videos of our messages are also online at hope at crossroads.org. And now, here's this. Amen. Amen. It is good to see you here this morning. If you've got your Bibles, if you'll open up to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. If you are visiting, I know we have some visitors for baptism, but if you're visiting with us this morning, please stop by the back back there and pick up one of these uh, gift bags. We'd like to give you that in honor of your attendance today. And uh, we have been studying the last several weeks. Uh, Heath continued our study last week. So grateful for him. Uh, how to be a warrior, learning to be a warrior. And uh, in, even in our whole church family life over the last several weeks, we've been talking about becoming disciples. Right now we're disciples under construction. That's why you see some pylons and ladders and stuff. It's not that we forgot to clean up. Uh, we were trying to keep that reminder in front of you and in front of me that we are disciples under construction. And Paul gives us a lot of great tools to uh, live the Christian life and to be able to live it victoriously. We've talked about some of those tools already. Tools for the battle, knowing that we're adopted and chosen and we are kind of God's uh, mouthpiece for grace in the world. Uh, last week, Heath reminded us about our credentials, the fact that we are heirs with Christ. All those things should be tools to give us courage and encouragement to live the Christian life. So I want to start this morning by asking you a couple of questions. And I hope that your answer would be yes. Do you want to be filled with all the measure of the fullness of God? I do. Do you want to walk through life and be... Uh, victorious? Do you want to be able to grasp how wide and how long and how deep is the love of God? Do you want to have strength for the daily journey? Well, if you do, Paul tells us in this chapter how to be able to say yes and have the answer to all those things. You know, the answers are in the Bible to life's problems and life's questions. If you're like me, sometimes I just don't look enough. Uh, look fervently enough. So this morning we're going to look at uh, the latter part of Ephesians chapter 3, starting with verse 14. But before we look at verse 14, I want to read verse 1, because they tie together. Verse 1, Paul says this, For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles. Now I want to encourage you, don't take uh, one of the pastor's words for it. You go home and you read it this afternoon. But from verse 2 to about verse 13... Paul chases a little rabbit, and he goes back over everything he's already said in the first two chapters just in case people didn't get it the first time. And he tells him things like, hey, salvation is now available not just to the Jew, but to the Gentile. We are all the family of God. The grace of God is available to all of us because he picks right back up in verse 14, and he says again, for this reason, as if to say, let me get back on track here, for this reason. Verse 14, I now know, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family, Heath talked a lot about family last week, in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory 
to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, and the height, and the depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. We'll save the last two verses for our benediction today. Because he wraps up this chapter with somewhat of a benediction. Paul is giving us some instructions here. And just a reminder, these instructions that he's writing, uh, he's writing from prison. And so before kind of getting into this litany of things that he's wanting to remind us of, he says uh, throughout the, the verses preceding, he talks about being a prisoner. Actually, in verse 1, he reminds us he's a prisoner. And so I just want to remind us this morning, this person that's speaking to the church at Ephesus and to us in 2021 is not speaking necessarily necessarily from a place of physical comfort because he's speaking from prison. But even in the midst of prison, if you back up to verse 13, he's telling people, don't lose heart. Don't get discouraged. Don't get dismayed. Because of the tribulations that you are facing, for they are for your glory, he says. And then he says, for this reason. What is this reason? Well, we're going to talk about that in just a second. But he writes this letter to the church at Ephesus from prison. It's useful to remember, by the way, why he was in prison. He lived his whole life with a passion to bring salvation to people, both Jews and the Gentiles. And he had gone to the city to share about salvation available to all people. And in the strategic visit that he had to Jerusalem, not everybody wanted to hear what he had to say. Welcome to 2021. I believe if our world doesn't change, there will come a day probably in my lifetime for sure, in the lifetime of those who are teenagers and preteens in this room, where it may not be convenient or even allowed to do what we're doing right now. Some of you go, well, that won't happen. We'll see. The world keeps heading the way it's heading. That's the end result. And dare you think it's not happening, it actually is happening all over the planet in a lot of other countries, just not here yet. And so Paul is writing this and he goes and he he tries to share this with the crowd there in Jerusalem and the opportunity that he has ends in disaster because the crowd turns into a riot and this riot finds him winding up in prison there in Rome waiting for his trial and he writes this letter of encouragement. Now, I say it's a letter, but... If you get to verse 14 and you pay attention, this is actually a prayer that he is praying for the people at Ephesus. Because he says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. And then he talks about every family on the face of the planet derives its name from God, which simply means all of us are created in the image of God. And then his prayer is simply this, just a couple of things that he mentions, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened. What a huge prayer. I mean, that's, that's massive. There are a lot of things I want you to know that, that I pray, that our staff prays, that many of you as leaders in our church, maybe small group Sunday school teachers, pray for your, your class. There are a lot of prayers that we could pray for people, but to pray that, that they may be strengthened, what an incredible prayer. 
Because life sends our way from time to time things it tries to take away our strength. I mean, think about your past week, maybe your past month. Let's think about the past 18 months. Our strength has been zapped. And so Paul is praying, I'm praying that your strength, that God, he says, would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power. Now, there are a lot of great places to find strength. Muscles are good, working out is good, eating right is good. All those are great for physical strength, and the strength of man is a good thing. But dear friends, I want to tell you, there is nothing like the divine strength of God Almighty. And that's what Paul is crying out for these people, that they would be strengthened by God. I don't, I don't know if you've watched this show or not called Undercover Billionaire. You ever seen that show? If you're not, just, just Google it. Go online. You'll find it on one of the apps, one of the streaming things. Undercover billionaire. There's this guy I was watching the other day. Let's just stop there. Can you even fathom? Because I can't. Billionaire. Let's just try to fathom. I want to try to fathom hundred air. That's what I want to try to fathom. But we're talking millionaire, billionaire. I mean, that's a lot. Billionaire. And I was, I'll be honest. I, I was thinking watching that the other night. Man, I, I wish... I wish I knew him, or I wish maybe I could see him at some event, because I would just, I would get to know him and tell him, and I would say, yeah, sir, I just, man, you have at your disposal, you have at your access, you, you have within your power, Crossroads, uh, our church is going to be building, and I, I, I mean, I was already thinking, what, God, give me that opportunity, because he has that kind of power and that kind of access. And I was th- as I was thinking that, it's kind of like God said, that's nothing, Compared to my power. But I got to tell you, if that person came by or I saw him at the mall or I went up here to Spice and I was sitting there and he was sitting up, I would figure out a way to beeline and make my way to sit down at his table to have a conversation. But oh, that I would be that strategic and that energetic and that eager to have a conversation with the creator of the world who the world spins and the galaxies stay in place because he's just... He's just kind of holding them on the tip of his finger. That's our God. That's the God that Paul is saying, I pray that God would strengthen you with that kind of power. That's huge. That's huge. God has that power. And he says, how does he get that power? It's through his spirit. That is the source of the power. It's kind of like over here where I have this drill plugged in. I told you I was going to get some tools. And they wouldn't let me have a bandsaw up here, Ethan. All they'd let me have is a small little small little drill but we've got this thing and we have it plugged in and that's our source of power and the tool does a good job but it will do no good unless it is plugged in to the power source and the power source dear friends is the holy spirit the holy spirit that engages with us and gives us power that's where it comes from through his spirit but he goes on to say this he says through his spirit because it comes through his spirit Strengthened through His Spirit for the inner man. Did you know you have an inner man and I have an inner man? I have an outer man. You see the outer man. You see results of sometimes the thing the inner man does or doesn't do. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's sin. But the strength that we need is for the inner man. 
there's some great things that we can have for strength for the outer man. I mean, we talk about earthly food and things like that that we need to sustain ourselves. But the strength that you and I need for the inner man only comes from the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you. I'm guessing that I might be right, but I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm guessing that most of us, including this guy, over the last 18 months, the inner man has gotten very, very, very weak because of all the stuff going on in the world. And the only thing that can bring power and strength to that inner man, I'm talking about in here, in here, is the Spirit of God. It's not good recipes. It's not great poems. It's not a great three-point sermon self-help checklist. That's not going to do it. It's God's Holy Spirit is the only thing, that supernatural spirit that will give me strength to face today. And for you. And so he says we need strength for the inner man. That strength from the Spirit of God that in the inner man, it's the, it's the best and most desirable strength that we can have. I was thinking about it this week. You may or may not remember this name, Corey Ten Boom. She was a great missionary. And when she came back from the mission field, they did an interview with her. And the person interviewing her asked her all kinds of questions. And toward the end of the interview, he asked a very interesting question. He said, you were over there for all these years, and, and you missed birthdays, and you missed relatives getting married, and you missed relatives passing away, and you missed all this stuff because you were over there so faithfully serving God. Didn't you run out of power? Didn't you run out of strength? Didn't you get tired? Didn't you grow weary? She said, I never used any of my own. Man, she gets it. She gets it because you and I, our spiritual strength reservoir, listen, will run out and it will get over there on the E and the light will come on and it will blink and we'll coast over to the side of the road unless we are plugged into this power source over here and we stay plugged in. And Paul is saying, Paul is saying, if you want to live the Christian life God's called you to, you must stay plugged into the source. If you and I, and I've done this so I know that I'm speaking truth, because I have gone and tried to live, and from week to week I still do. By the way, surprise, I'm not perfect. If I go out and I try to live the Christian life and I unplug from the source, I am in big trouble. And so are you. So Paul's prayer here is an incredible reminder. It's not a fluffy prayer. He's praying the most, I think one of the biggest prayers that could be prayed. It's the most important prayer perhaps in the New Testament. He's praying, oh God, please, by the power of your spirit, strengthen my people in their inner being. That's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for me. We need this spiritual strength in our lives because he goes on to say this. He says, why do you need it? So that. I love it when, I love it when you read the Bible and it answers your questions. Because as I'm reading that, I'm going, why is this strength so important? Why is it so important? He says in verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts. And that word dwell is a very important word. That word dwell is the same kind of word meaning that in the Old Testament, when God's Spirit followed people by a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire, it's that kind of dwelling that it's following and it's not letting you out of their sights. It's talking about setting up shop in our hearts. It's not talking about Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit stopping off in your life and in your heart just to like check in at a hotel room for a couple of nights. It's talking about the power of God checking into your life, sitting there and staying there to help you live through the power of the Holy Spirit. We talked several weeks ago just in, in passing. Maybe we should 
do a study on this at some points. But yes, as a believer, you can quench the Holy Spirit. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's effectiveness in your life can be dampened and weakened. When you and I make incorrect decisions and we continue to habitually do things that grieve the Holy Spirit of God. So Paul is saying right now, I'm praying that God would grant you this strength through the power of his Holy Spirit in your inner man so that Christ will dwell in your hearts. He'll stay there. Not that he's leaving. But he'll stay there to help you live the Christian life through the power of his Holy Spirit. You and I, there are things in our lives, friends, you know this, there are things in our lives every single day that come into our lives that the sole purpose that Satan has them there is to take away the effectiveness of the Holy Spirit in your life. So there's something in us because of the inner man, the battle that goes on between good and evil, even inside of us that know Jesus. There's this struggle that wants to resist sometimes the things of God. And that's the reason the power of the Holy Spirit is so important. Because as we submit to Him, not it, the Holy Spirit is not an it, it's a, it's a person. It's the third part of the Trinity, it's He. As we submit to the Holy Spirit, He gives us more and more power. And He goes on to say this, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts. And He outlines a few things there. I love this, He says... Through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love. I love those terms. When, when, we, when we read this passage in the English, it can kind of sound like Paul is just talking to one person. Paul's not. He's talking to a group of believers. He's talking to the church. Can I just say to you, friends, God is talking to you this morning, but he's also talking to Crossroads this morning. As us, collectively, he's asking God, to, through the power of his spirit, would, would strengthen your hearts through his spirit for your inner man. But also he's saying to all of us that he, we would be strengthened. Some translations, I think the NIV says it this way when it gets into verse 17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts together. That you may receive power together. And that's the second point I would make. How do we do that? How do we get that power together? What's in our hearts. He says, in your hearts. He's not talking about singular. He's talking about in your hearts, collectively. That's how it happens. Being rooted and grounded in love. Let's just talk about those two phrases real quickly. Rooted and grounded in love. Those Rooted is an agricultural term he's using there. That you would be rooted and grounded. Grounded is a, is a like building term architecture term so he's using two terms that people in that day would know agriculture and architecture he says that you together collectively you together being grounded in love would be rooted rooted and grounded in love i was asking myself this question this week why do people leave the church we talk about accountability in our church it's one of our one of the ways we measure if we're being effective is are we accountable to each other? Accountability is good. I'm not discounting accountability. I'm not discounting what we do for students and children and even us as adults where we try to put systems in place that will help us grow and we check in with each other and we have Sunday school roles. We don't have Sunday school roles so that we can know how many people are here and count bucks and backsides. 
That's not what we have roles. We have roles so that we can keep up with who's here, who's not, who might have a need, who's doing okay. It's structures in place. All those things are great. I'm not downplaying any of those, but I do want to say this to you. All those things can be in place. And people, individuals can still choose to walk away from the church. And I would say to you, when that happens, you know why? They were never rooted and grounded. That's why Christian homes are so important. Christian moms, Christian dads are so important. Does that mean, Pastor Jack, that if I grow up in a Christian home, I'm going to always be in the church? No, it doesn't, unfortunately. Boy, that'd be a wonderful guarantee of life, wouldn't it? I know many people that grew up in the church, they know Jesus and they're living in the world right now. Say, what are you saying? What I'm saying is the difference is, are you, am I, rooted and grounded? If you came up here and said, Jack, you've got to quit following Jesus, I'd say, not a snowball's chance. Not going to happen. Why? Not because I'm anything special. Because I'm rooted and grounded. And the power of the Holy Spirit, just like in your life, I'm nothing special, by the way, just like in many of your lives, that is what sustains you and gives you the strength to live. But where does that come from? Where does that kind of rooting and grounding come from? He tells us love. Love. You have to be rooted and grounded in love. You see, I don't hold somebody accountable in their spiritual walk so I can go, oh, you did that. You read your Bible. Oh, you, did, you missed a quiet time this week. Oh, you forgot to pray for your Sunday school teacher. That's not why you hold people accountable. You hold people accountable, hopefully, because you love them. And you want the best for them. And that's what Paul is saying here. Those things happen. You're rooted and grounded in love. So I would ask you this morning, are you rooted and grounded? I was thinking about that this week. I was thinking about the fact that I've got to be plugged into this source over here. I've got to be plugged in. But I don't know about you. But sometimes life has a way of just doing that. And I'm out in life and I'm like, it's not working, it's not working. And I need something to get me from here. I have the tools, but I need something to get me from here to there. And dare say it, I look down and, oh my goodness, oh, somebody has done this for me. Who put this up here? Oh, there it is, there it is. Hallelujah, hallelujah, I'm plugged back in. What is this? What is it? Do you know what this is? The church. It's your brothers and sisters in Christ. Folks, there are some of you over the last 18 months and maybe even over your lifetime, you have been through some incredible things and you have been plugged into the source and all of a sudden life comes along and boom, you're unplugged and you're out here going, God, help me. I'm trying to live for you. Help me, help me. And nothing is working. You're saying, Jack, you're passionate. I'm passionate because I need this drop cord in my life. And right now at this season of my life that I'm in, you know who the drop cord is? You guys. I need this drop cord in my life. I need this drop cord in my life. You need this drop cord in your life. And Paul is saying that drop cord, the strength that he's saying, he's saying the power of the strength that I'm praying for, yes, comes from the Holy Spirit. But then he says that you together would have it as you're rooted and grounded in love. Let me ask you a question. Some of you in this room... Oh, 
I hate the clock. I hate the clock. Because we could file dozens of you up here this morning. And you could give testimony, just like Wendy did, which was wonderful, Wendy. God bless you. That many people in this congregation, maybe outside in your community, maybe part of your family, have been this drop cord for you. And man, I think about my life. We don't have enough paper. We don't have enough paper to write the names of people who at some point in my life, because I was still desperately trying to get to the source, it's not that the source left me. It's not that the Holy Spirit left my heart as a Christian. That's not what I'm saying. Don't take the analogy too far. I'm just saying life circumstances have got me disconnected from what I needed to know. And somebody walked along and said, here, let me reach out to you. I'll reach out to God and I'll reach to you. And they, they plug me back in. Have you got somebody like that? You want to know why our student pastor gets frustrated because of the statistics that we see with students who graduate and they go off to college and they never come back to church? You want to know why they don't? Number one, they were never grounded. Number two, they were never rooted. Number three, they don't have somebody who's willing to be a drop cord and run out to them and say, not on my watch. I'm going to grab you and plug you back into Jesus. That's what we're called to be as the church. But so many times, I am over here with my little drill plugged into the source, just having a good time, and I forget I'm not looking around to see who needs a drop cord. Do you need a drop cord this morning? You know, one of the things I've learned over the last few years of being at this church, there are dozens and dozens of people in this church that are willing to be the drop cord. Praise God. Praise God. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for the power of your word. Lord, I don't know what you're doing this morning. If this scripture and this message was only for me, hallelujah, I need it. I need it. I need it. But I pray, Lord, it was for many of us in this room. And friend, I'm going to ask you right there where you are this morning just to pray. And our invitation, I've been struggling all week, but our invitation is going to be a little bit different today. And we're going to get after it because I'm, I'm aware of what time it is. But some of you are unplugged. And you're disconnected. And you're frustrated. And it's not that God Almighty has gone anywhere. He knows your address. He knows your name. He knows you're adopted. He knows you're chosen. He has not forgotten you at all. But life has kicked the plug loose. If that's you today, I'm going to ask you in just a moment to slip out of your seat. I would be honored to pray with you. Heath would be honored to pray with you today. You're welcome just to kneel at the front yourself and pray. So we got two invitations this morning. That's the first one. You might just say, you know what, Jack, I need to plug back in to the power source. The second invitation is a little bit different. Maybe you're here this week and you could stand up just like Wendy, just like myself, and you could give testimony after testimony after testimony of how somebody has been the drop cord for you that they have been rooted and grounded in love enough to help you 
reconnect to the source. Maybe, just maybe, that person who's done that for you is in this room. So I know this is kind of different. Church, I know it's different. But if there's somebody in this congregation that's done that for you, would you be so bold this morning to honor them and get up out of your seat and go over to them and grab them by the hand and come down to the front and just give a prayer of thanks? Folks, that's not normal. Even in Christianity, it should be an everyday occurrence. So if you've had that happen in your life, and that person is here in this room, I'm just going to challenge you in just a minute to just get up quietly, grab them by the hand, come down front and just pray a prayer of thanksgiving. Tell them. Maybe they don't even know. Wow, what an honor. How deep is your love, God? The verse goes on to tell us that if we'll do that, if we'll look to you to be our strength, We will know how deep and how wide, how long is the love of God. And I pray today, Lord, for this church family, these friends. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would strengthen us with power in the inner man. That we might be rooted and grounded in love so that we would know how deep and how high and how Wide is the love of God. Would you speak to hearts this morning? Have your way. Have your way. I'm going to ask you quietly and reverently, if you would, just to stand to your feet. And while the music is playing this morning, if you need to slip out of your seat and come grab a hand, if you need to come pray, if you need to grab the hand of somebody else and say, thank you for being the drop cord, This invitation is for you, so you be obedient to what God leads you to do this morning. We hope you've been challenged and inspired from today's message from Crossroads. You can find out more about the message you have heard today by visiting our website, hope at crossroads.org. If you live in the upstate South Carolina area and you're looking for a church home, we hope you'll come by and visit sometime. Details about our church and service times can also be found online. The last year has been one of chaos and confusion, and we know many have become isolated and lonely. You can get Pastor Jack's new book, The Loneliness Solution, Finding Meaningful Connection in a Disconnected World, a great resource that will help you, or you can give to a friend who might be struggling. This resource is also available at hope at crossroads.org. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again next week.